Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 133. We're going to continue to look today at the fruit of the Spirit. I spoke with you yesterday about love, what it is, what it is not. And true agape love is a love that is based in the character of the one doing the loving, in the choice of the one doing the loving, rather than in the attitudes or the actions of the one being loved. I hope you'll never forget that. Let me say it again. Agape love is a love that is based in the character and in the choice of the one doing the loving, rather than in the attitudes or the actions of the one being loved. May God grant us the fruit of the Spirit to exhibit that kind of love and show that kind of love to people around us that desperately need it. The next aspect of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Now, joy is not happiness. Happiness is based upon the happenings around us, the circumstances around us. The most joyful book in all of the New Testament is the book of Philippians. It has the word joy, joyful, rejoice more than any other book in the New Testament, and it is a book that's written from prison. So certainly, Paul's circumstances was not the best, but he, yet he was filled with joy. The Philippians themselves, they're called the Macedonians because that was where Philippi was located. They were, by all definition and by any measurement, the poorest of all of the believers in the New Testament. When you read the book of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, the Macedonians come up and they are looked upon as those who had the least, but yet they gave the most. And they are looked upon also as a type of the Lord Jesus. For though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. And so happiness is completely centered in happiness and circumstances. But yet joy is something that is produced by God himself, and it is the fruit of the Spirit, and it has nothing to do with our circumstances. It has nothing to do with the people around us. It has nothing to do with how much we have or how much we don't have. It was in Philippians that Paul said, I have learned whatever state I'm in therein to be content. And he was talking about his state of having an abundance or a, a state of having very little, but that was not the determining factor in his joy. So joy is not based on circumstances, people, things, material possessions. All of that has to do with happiness, but joy is something that is found deep within us. And then the word peace, Irene, if you know anyone named Irene, then they are a person of peace, or at least they that's their namesake. Peace, Irene in Greek, is the counterpart to shalom. I do not believe it has the depth and the width of the word shalom. Shalom and Irene have the concept not of just the absence of conflict, not that kind of peace, but of wholeness, of balance, of harmony. That's really what we desire in our lives, to be whole, to have a sense of balance, 
Heresy has been defined as truth without balance. When we get off balance and go to seed on some particular doctrine or some particular teaching, it's not that it is bad in itself, but if we go to seed on it and make it the dominant thing when it's not the dominant thing, that usually slides us into heresy. And so peace has the concept of balance, has the concept of harmony. When we're walking with God and we're walking with other people, when there's a sense of uh, freeness and liberty of conscience, when we're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit and the enablement and endowment of the Holy Spirit and we are filled with God's Spirit, God produces peace or balance. And then he talks about the aspect of long-suffering. Long-suffering is... A compound word in the Greek text is the word macrothumia. Now, the word macro, you recognize. If you have something that's macro or micros, that is small, very small. A microscopos, a microscope, is something you can see very small things through. If you are looking through a tele, Telescopos, you are looking at something that has an end to it. So you're looking far away. If you are looking at something macro, then you are looking at something that is long or large or long as in big. And so what he says is macrothumia, thymos is the word from which thumia comes from. And it's the word for passion or burning. And it's the concept of heat. And macrothumia means that you are long burning. You have a long fuse, as we would use it in our language as an idiom. And it means that you're not easily upset. You're not on edge. You're not wearing your feelings and your passion on your sleeves. The old saying is, if you're going around and giving everybody a piece of your mind, you don't have anything left to think with. And that's the concept here, macrothumia. And then he says, kindness. Now, kindness has almost dropped out of our vocabulary. This is the idea of really moving towards someone. It's the concept of going the extra mile. It's the concept that is the opposite of selfishness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. This is the idea, really, of power that is under control. And that's the next aspect of the fruit of the Spirit, self-control. Discipline is a part of the Christian life. And the Spirit of God is the one who gives us the power to be disciplined in a very undisciplined culture, society, and world in which we're living. You hear a lot of talk about discipline. You see very little of it. Usually it is in the realm of athletics that we see the greatest amount of discipline and how sad that an athlete is more committed to their trade and to their skill than we are as followers of Jesus to be controlled. The Bible says that a person is better who controls his own spirit than one who conquers a city. Why? Because because there is great power and control in that. And so he goes on to say, against such there is no law. Nobody can point a finger at that. No law can be brought against it, and no law can produce this quality in your life. Only God can do this. The fruit of the Spirit is supernatural. Now, the works of the flesh are natural. That's just what we would normally do apart from the empowering and the indwelling, the enabling of the Holy Spirit. And all you have to do is read from Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and following. You see all of that's natural. 
and left to ourselves, anyone could do any of those things. Don't ever say, well, I know I have this fault, but I would never do that. There's a bullseye put on you the moment you say, I would never do that. Now, I pray to God that we would not be walking in the work and the manifestations of the flesh, but the reality of life is this. Without God's Spirit indwelling us, filling us, controlling us, we are susceptible and apt to do anything because the tempter is strong and outside of Jesus, he's stronger than we are. But with the Lord living in our lives, he empowers us and gives us strength. And you can pass all the laws. You can say, now, I'm not going to do this and we're not going to allow that. And the moment you say that, there is something within our very flesh that says, I'm I'm going to do it. And only God can free us from that. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so I pray that as we turn from the flesh and we turn to God and allow him to fill us, that these particular characteristics of the spirit call the fruit of the spirit and the spirit filled life that you will realize that this is how our minds are truly controlled is when we are grafted in as a wild olive branch into the tree of life, into the vine, and we abide in that vine. And God produces fruit in our life, fruit that will remain, fruit that will last forever. I pray that God will bless you as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.